0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to the Cyber Law Revolution Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Pollock, Cybersecurity Attorney at Niles, Barton & Wilmer. Glad to have you back. Lots of questions, lots of comments, uh, lots of discussion points in the past couple of weeks. Keep them coming. Call me, 443-381-3586, or email me at sspollack, that's p-o-l-l-o-c-k, at nilesbarton.com. And I'm really pleased today to have Chris Friedman from On Defend. He's the founder and CEO of OnDefend. Um, On Defend, I apologize, and OnDefend works with Modus as well. Um, we're going to talk about ransomware today. Ransomware today. Uh, sorry about that. I'm losing my uh, my speech. Uh, Chris, welcome to the podcast, and thanks for being here.
1: Thank you for having
0: us. Appreciate it. Thank you. Of course, of course. And uh, let's just kind of jump right into the obviously the hot topic of uh, cyber that's been the hot topic for, I guess, the past year or so um, ransomware. And just kind of a basic question what is ransomware and who's impacted by it?
1: Sure. Um, High, high level ransomware is the cyber pandemic. Um, It's uh, ransomware is a form of malware that accesses files on a device and throughout a network of a company and uh, encrypts those files, everything accessible, with the end goal of extorting money from the business or individual to access those, file, access those files again. <clears throat> um, they begin, like most phishing attacks, with phishing uh, emails. And they specifically use something called business email compromise tactics, whereby they uh, effectively impersonate your fellow employees, your vendors, your clients, maybe products like you use like Microsoft, national brands like banks and Amazon, and so forth. <clears throat> they uh, they effectively trick your employees into downloading or executing files, uh, executing links that uh, drop ransomware into a endpoint or a device, and then it spreads from there throughout the uh, network to encrypt everything it can. Um, who is impacted? It's they've really become ransomware's really become company size and industry agnostic. Um, it used to be they would focus on larger companies because that's where the money was, but it's no longer someone with a hoodie offshore. This is smart software. This, these are bots and in artificial intelligence. This is proper development of, of, of an attack that uh, just runs automatically. So you can think of it as a numbers game, just like any email spam. It's really just a numbers game for them. So everybody is in play. Um, I think, you know, the smaller the entity, uh, the lower investment they've made in cybersecurity. So they are really considered soft targets. That's I think that's really where they put the effort to make this volume play. Uh, so that's uh, who's impacted.
0: And you use, use the great term there, Um, In terms of agnostic, and I I think that really sums up what we see with ransomware attacks and hackers that they don't discriminate um, based on a small, mid-sized, or large business. You know, as I'm sure you see, the ransomware attacks don't just affect the targets or the Marriott's of the world. They go to the mom and pop shops, the medium sized businesses, which is obviously very scary. Uh, In terms of the trends, though, what we're seeing and what the audience should be aware of. Can you kind of highlight some of those that we're seeing right now that you've seen in the past year or maybe that you see moving forward?
1: Yeah, as far as the trends generally. um, So as I mentioned, you know, the software that they're using, right, um, it's getting smarter and even more effective, right? So they're able to do even more volume and more without human intervention, just like all of technology today. So to do a business email compromise attack, you have to impersonate someone that someone trusts. Well, you might have to do some research on Facebook, LinkedIn, and other uh, online sources. Well, that's all done automatically now, right? And it used to be that when ransomware would be, would be executed, the ransomware attackers would look at how many files they have right? Encryptable encrypted to decide how much you would pay. Well, not anymore. They're looking at online resources like Dunn and Bradstreet and other resources to determine how much you can pay. How much they can extort from you so that is it is. It is really wildfire spread uh, and super efficient for them. Uh, The other thing is it used to be, you know, they encrypt you pay. You get your access to your files, your data back. Well, now they are uh, exfiltrating the data as well. So you can pretty much be assured that when your data has been encrypted and you get it back, the bad guys have a copy and it's going on the dark web. So, cause they're gonna further monetize you. And so there's that long-term liability that follows you with that. The other thing, and this is the most scary that's happening is they're playing the long play, not the short play. So when they get access to your network because someone clicked on the wrong email now they're dwelling in your network, they don't just execute the ransomware. They watch, they watch for activities They gather data. They try to get credentials to platforms from your employees. And what they do is when they finally decide to execute the attack, before they execute it, they do things like turn off your security tools. They do things like access your backups online and delete them. They even turn off your communications and your email, shut that down. So that is is, is super scary stuff. Um, The other thing they'll do is maybe they'll access your Microsoft account, they'll hit you, but then they'll spread the attack with all your contacts. They'll ransomware attack them under a real account. It's called account takeover. So one of your employees, they will attack all of your clients and vendors to spread the attack. So it is evolving and it's, it's pretty scary. The last trend that's very interesting is um, there was plan A was not to, to avoid the attack to begin with. Then there was plan B, which is pretty much assured you pay the ransom, you recover, you move on with your life. Um, That plan B is being taken off the table by the Department of Treasury, which just decreed uh, the last part of last year, Q4, that you are not allowed, it is against the law, to negotiate with cyber terrorists as as it pertains to ransoms. Um, They've identified X amount of of these attackers specifically, and if you were hit by them, you are not allowed to negotiate and pay the ransom. And so it's early stage stuff, but it is the beginning of the end of plan B. So therefore, your plan A needs to be you need to invest in security, really, to avoid it to begin with. So uh, those are the primary trends that we're seeing.
0: And once again, you make a lot of good points there. Obviously, a lot of scary points, but just factual. Um, the last thing you were talking about was the kind of the preventative aspect. Can you talk to me about how um, OnDefend and companies, or how OnDefend helps companies kind of get to that prep, uh, pre- wow, prevention stage? Sorry, and sure. what companies can really do to help prevent and mitigate these potential ransomware attacks?
1: Absolutely. So I think of it as three primary lines of defense: your employees your sort of endpoint, your device security, right? Which is where you can stop it. Um, And then your backups, if it does happen. So let's talk about all three, your employees. So uh, as as a company, you typically have an MSP, MSSP, or maybe your own network security team that has invested in a security filter, right? Which used to stop spam. And it's evolved to try to stop these attacks. But the reality is, is that these filters cannot stop these attacks from entering your inbox. Um, you know they use things like lookalikes in, in, in the email address, so it's Amazon with a zero, or Intuit where the I, the capital I, is a lowercase l, right? These these filters can't catch all of that. Um, there's things called spoofs. A spoof, which you probably hear about in the news is literally just an email server that somebody spun up offshore. It's not authenticated or authorized by Microsoft or Google. And so the bad guys create literally your domain. So it'd be like onDefend.com, right? They would create that. And they would send an email that literally looks like your company's email to to someone, to another business person you interact with. There's no way for them to know that unless they drill down into the email platform and look at headers and metadata. The normal business person can't do that. So these filters don't catch this stuff. The filters don't catch attachments where the filter's scanning them for rant, for just viruses. But within the file, if you ever open up an Excel file, there's like a little macro, little button at to the top you can click to access it. That's where it, that interacts with the internet and drops in the ransomware to your environment, right? Filters can't catch all of that type of stuff or links that take you to nefarious places in emails. So you have to assume these, these nefarious emails are gonna reach the employee's inbox that's the first thing. Um, You can train the employees. There's sort of the -the out-of-the-box training tools out there that people pay for, and that's good, but the reality is when we do our attacks, which we simulate these business email compromise attacks, the same 20 or 30 percent of employees still fall for these attacks. So the training's good, but it's not the whole answer. And then there's some new technology. We've actually developed a solution ourselves that sort of sits in the inbox and, and, and it basically tells the employee right there that's an attack. There's some other cool stuff coming out. So, so that's evolving, right, to, to make a new layers of defense to stop it. Um, the next layer, so you're in the employee level, you're just trying to stop them from executing the ransomware. But let's just assume it happens. Once they hit the ransomware and it drops onto the computer, you want to stop it there, right? You want to mitigate the issue so it doesn't spread your network. So you have security tools. You have uh, firewalls, you have antivirus, uh, you, have, you probably have an endpoint security tool that's supposed to be monitoring and preventing these things, and that's great that you have it. But more often than not, these security tools don't work like they're supposed to. Maybe they were misconfigured. Maybe somebody changed their control six months ago that rendered something useless. So we find when we do uh, simulated attacks across the nation that we're able to blow through these security tools because they don't work like they're supposed to. So. Companies really need to test those either by penetration tests or there's some automated pen test tools. We have our own product we developed in last year, spun out of uh, Florida Blue and GuideWell uh, here in Florida that that audit that just basically continuously runs ransomware attacks against your endpoints so you know if you can stop them or not. So there's some cool tech out there that's going to really help us there. Uh, the third um, uh, stop point, the third uh, line of defense is your backups. So someone said, you know, they check the box, we have backups. But the question is, is how often are they happening, right? Is it every two weeks? Is it every week? Is it every day? Because once the ransomware happens, you have that sort of window where you won't get that data back, right, if you haven't been backing up. So backing up as often as possible is a good thing. However, if you don't restore those backups regularly just to see if they're working correctly, that's a big mistake, right? You might have a situation. We had a, a client that uh, was backing up data and your backups only hold the data for so long. So the, the backups only held the ba- data for like three months. They were backing up data, but they had ransomware and they didn't know it in some section of their company. And it was just backing up the ransomware for three months It then deleted all of their your real files. So when they finally back, when they realized they had ransomware, they, they restored their backups. Guess what? It was just all encrypted. So you need to restore and test your backups Um, And then the last part is, as I mentioned, these attacks are getting really good, right? They're coming in and they're accessing your backups and deleting them. And so what you really need to do is also have offline hard copies on tapes and things of that nature. So you really need to ask your third party IT provider uh, or your internal team uh, to make sure they're doing these things. Does that make sense, Spencer?
0: Yeah, that that was a ton of great information. I mean, I think it goes to organizations really need to take a hard look at themselves and their practices and change their culture around this. And it's something I continue to preach that we really need to up our defenses. We really need to up our awareness. Um, and you know, I think Chris and OnDefend are way ahead of this game, uh, way ahead in terms of the technology and the things they use. I would highly recommend the audience go in and check them out. Um, mm-hmm. Final question, the million dollar question, Chris, because you gave a lot of good information. Give one thing that the audience can take away Um, from this talk as it relates to ransomware? Open-ended question, no right answer, whatever you think is the most important.
1: You have to assume it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. Do not assume that your IT provider has you covered. They, They are in a commodity world, frankly, where they're doing as less as they can for what you're paying them, okay? So you have to be willing to invest money into cybersecurity, um, and as far as SBs, this is really important, Spencer. Most small businesses think they're not going to get attacked because none of their friends' companies have been attacked. Well, guess what? If their friends' companies were attacked, they probably wouldn't tell them, right? So they think, oh, you know what? Me getting cyber attacked because I don't know anybody that's been attacked, right? Other than these big, you know, um, brands is like me winning the lottery. And I'm likely never going to win the lottery. So I shouldn't worry about cyber attacks. Uh, Director Mueller, right, uh, said it best. He originally quoted, there are those, um, that have not been attacked and those that will inevitably be attacked. And then you've updated the quote last year. There are those that have been attacked and then those will be attacked again, right? Yep. So it's it's really just a matter of when, Spencer.
0: Yep. That that's a very good point. It's basically, you know, you've been attacked and you know it, or you've been attacked and you just don't know it. So it's yeah, you're right. And the small to mid-sized market really needs to come around to this and understand they are more low-hanging fruits and to jump on this preventative. Uh, aspects and start just changing their culture because the more you change your culture if you've been really saying that the better off you're going to be and the mu- you're going to be much more ahead of the potential threats to mitigate these harms.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean think of the think, think of like this, Spencer, if you've ever gotten spam, you are accessible to get a cyber attack cuz it's
0: like spam now. So exactly. No yeah. And you just keep getting them more and more each day. It only
1: takes one employee to 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 make a mistake, and then you're down. And it's not just about the money you lose, right? The money you lose from paying the ransom, uh, the downtime, which is an average of 15 days of your business downtime, but it's your lost clients. I mean, IBM did a study that um, 12% of your client, I mean, sorry, 23% of your clients will stall, will hold doing business with you until they feel comfortable you have your security together, and then 12% will inevitably leave to a competitor if one exists.
0: So you have to assume that too. Exactly. I mean, it's the financial, reputational, and legal harms, which you know, on the broad scope, really harms you in each one of those areas. And then in terms of micro, as you're just discussing, you lose your customers, lost time to do business, to make products, to service your clients. You know, the legal aspects, lawsuits. It's multi-pronged. And what you just referenced with the IBM study, it's we know that companies that are prepared. Save an exponential amount of money versus those who are not prepared after a data breach. Absolutely,
1: that is that is one hundred percent correct. And uh, we are very excited uh, to support MODIS uh, in this effort to uh, you know secure our country. So we're happy to be a part of this pro- the the healing part of this process.
0: That's right. And I, I love people who are proactive about you know defending this country, defending our institutions. So um, Chris, Chris from On, De- On Defend. Sorry, On Defend. Chris from On Defend. I really appreciate it. This has been wonderful. Um, Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely, Spencer. Thank you, and have a great day. All right. And to the audience, feel free to call, comment, questions, 443-381-3586, or email me at sspollock at nilesbarton.com. Until next time, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.